But um, I just wanted to go over some things maybe uh, for you guys. If you have little kids, do you have this book? I do. This is a really cute book, um, A Mother for Choco. And it's, um, it's a great book like if you have kids uh, that are foster kids. Yeah. So it talks about um, he ends up going to different animals looking for his mom and that. And then uh, a bear ends up taking him in and like even though the bear doesn't look like him or whatever, you know. So that's a great book. Here's another really good book. Um, Farmer um, Herman and the Flooding Barn is another great book for kids. And it just talks about um, how everybody came together to solve a problem. And actually, it's cool because um, the, the characters in the book and stuff were all... Um, like drawn or whatever by uh, people that are in like the foster care like um, realm. Okay, and then uh, just some other things here. If you are thinking about fostering and wondering like should I or praying about it, this is a great book, um, The Foster Journey. So this is a great book to read if you're thinking about being a foster parent, okay? And then make sure you sign the paper. If you came in, uh, put your name on it, and I'll collect it in a minute. And then this is, um, this is a great book, Everyone Can Do Something. This is a great book, um, great resource for churches. This is um, another book, All in One, um, All In, I'm sorry, Orphan Care. And this is good for small groups. Um, it's like a small groups book that a small group can go through. It's called All In, yeah. And these two books are by Jason Johnson. They're good books. And these are all by Jason Johnson, I guess. I have And this is uh, Reforming Foster Care. This is another good book. Oh, reframing, yeah. <laughs> reframing foster care, yeah. And uh, I'm gonna give those away today. And then uh, when you leave today, you can pick up some of these things over there. Actually, I have the foster care journey book over there. If you're thinking about fostering, grab one. Uh, this is a, a really good uh, uh, reference for it has all biblical passages that deal with orphan care caring for the orphans and so this is welcoming kids from hard places you can pick one up as you leave today over there free so you can have that uh, here's another uh, resource I have over there when you leave today it's called plant planning a, a bridge event and this is like if your church has done a stand Sunday it talks about how you can um, bridge people to action after that. Okay, so bridge people to action after it stands Sunday. Um, that's over there. And then this is really cool. It's And this is over there as well for free. You can grab it today. Uh, the Foster Care Prayer Guide. So it's 24 days um, of prayers. So like it has like day two is biological families, how to pray for them. It has like caseworkers, how to pray for them, just different things. So 24 days of prayer uh, <coughs> dealing with foster care. So these are all things that you can grab. And then one more thing, 
over there. We'll talk about this a little bit more, but a next steps card. So I'll wait till I talk about that. But did anybody, did I, who's, didn't I get their paper? If you came in, put your name on. There's a paper there and some supplies there for you. Yeah, so we're going to give away a few things here. <laughs> did I get everybody else? No, you're writing yours. Great. <laughs> All right. So, and then we have uh, two Father's Heart t-shirts like this. So, if I draw your, does anybody have a birthday like around today? When's your birthday? Yesterday. Yesterday. Is anybody closer? All right. What would you like? A t-shirt? One of the books? Happy birthday. Uh, well, thank yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, great. Which one would you like? I like the green colors. The green colors. Thank sure. You. Yes. Okay. So let me pick a name here. Okay. It must be a last name. Swartz. 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 Is that it? Oh, <laughs> look at there. What would you like? Um. Okay. Now let me tell you, if they don't fit, if it's not your size, you can stop by the Father's Heart table and exchange it, okay? Let's see if we have a size there that will fit you. Okay, and let's see, I'll get another name here. I know we gotta hurry here. Jim, Pastor Jim Barton. Sweet, all in? All in, Thank you. yes. <laughs> Great. Thank you. And let's see here. We got Bridget. Woohoo! Which one would you like? Um, everyone can Okay, great. All right. One more. Tammy. Woohoo! There you go. All right. Well, let's pray and get started, huh? <laughs> okay, I need to get my clicker. Well, Lord, we just thank you and praise you, God, for today, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity just to come and learn and soak in. And I just pray that you would use me today, Lord, that you would guide and direct my words and my thoughts. And, Lord, that everyone here, God, that they would just receive what you would have for them today. We just thank you and praise you, and we just give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So today we're talking about launching foster care ministry. And let's see if I can do this thing. Do I need to point it over there? Oh, here. Oh, you know what I have to do? I have to turn it on. <laughs> <laughs> that would help. <laughs> so just to let you guys know a little bit about myself. Some of you know, some of you don't. Um, this is my family. Uh, my husband, Al, is the director of church multiplication for uh, the state. And then we lived in Youngstown for 26 years, and we worked in the inner city there with vulnerable children and youth in a ministry called HeartReach Ministries. And so that's kind of how we all, we got started in foster care ministry and fostering. So we fostered for about 10 years. And um, this is our family. So we ended up adopting three of our foster children. And actually, it's funny because this young man, he was not officially adopted, but he 
uh, was like one of our foster kids. And my son, who uh, my youngest son, was in Japan when we took this picture, so he's not in the picture. So I have one more. So, um, and then this is my son, Caleb, and he's married to Nadia, and that's our grandbaby. And then this is my daughter, and she, of course, is married to Dan. And then the rest are all just kids. So, so that's our family. And uh, people always ask, well, how old were they when you adopted them? So, uh, Dante, her, Raquel and her brother Dante are biological, and they, her brother Dante's on this, in the thing, my son Dante, but they were actually two and four when they came into our home the first time, but they were kind of in and out, in and out, and then we ended up adopting them when they were nine and 11, so they were older, and then this young man, Jaquan, we had five kids. We were done, 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 right? Well, then Children's Services called us and said, hey, can you do respite for a teenager? So I was like, yeah, you know, I can do respite for a teenager. Um, it was just a week, you know, we can do that. Um, so he came, Jaquan came, and the funny thing is, is a year ago before he came, I, we, Al and I went to a one church, one child event. And um, we, you know, there were different foster kids that spoke at this event. And he was one of the ones that spoke. And, and we met him that day. And after that day, God kept laying Jaquan on my heart for a whole year. I had been praying for him that God would give him a forever family, that he would know Jesus, and that he would be protected. And guess what? So guess who walks into my home that day? It's Jaquan. I had no idea it was going to be him. And he never left. So, <laughs> so God, we knew that he was our son and that we were to adopt him. And he was 17 when we actually were able to adopt him. So he was a little older. So that's kind of our story. And today I wanted to show this video to you guys, um, it's 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 a, a fostering families video, so it's a different organization, but it's exactly what Father's Heart does. Um, so I thought this video is really uh, kind of neat. So it will kind of give you a a good idea of what Father's Heart yeah. is about. She's a foster child, and along with four hundred thousand other children in the United States, just like her, she stands in line for a foster. of that struggle is staggering. Did you know that over 60% of American children caught up in sex trafficking come out of foster care? Or that there are several states where over half the prison inmates come from the foster system? Or that the majority of girls who age out of foster care become pregnant within two years, perpetuating the cycle of generational poverty? Abby needs more than a roof over her head. She needs a home. She needs more than the state. She needs a father and a mother. She needs consistent and sincere love, nurture, accountability, Fostering Family Ministries is based on the biblical promise of Psalm 68.6. God sets the lonely in families. It's our commitment to be those families, specifically for foster kids. When we compare the number of kids in need of homes with the number of churches in America, a simple arithmetic becomes clear. If each church could raise up one foster family, we would be able to take all children in the foster system and place them in the care of a loving home. Fostering Family exists to encourage and equip these churches to raise up loving families and volunteers committed to caring for kids like Abby. 
We will achieve this in three ways. First, we use church awareness campaigns to inspire new families to express God's love by giving homes to children in need. Second, we provide a care primary to surround foster families with love and support, which keeps approved families fostering longer. Third and finally, by providing many ways in which families can serve together and be the hands of God to these needy children. We help many families transition from supporting foster families to becoming foster families. Abby needs help. Churches want to help. Fostering family helps churches by giving them clear direction and concrete actions to take. Fostering family helps Abby and many more like her by raising up families who want to put the promise of God into action. The need is great. The time is now. Let us foster families So I just thought that was a really uh, cool video, and it's exactly what Father's Heart does. Now, fostering families, if anybody is in the, um, oh, where is it, the Ashland area? Does anybody live around there? But that's where they're, they're located. So. And they would be a great resource if you, were, if you lived around that area. But um, so today, how do you launch a foster care ministry? But before we get started, let me see. Uh, you guys, I want to see who's in the room here. I know I have some foster parents in the room, and um, I know I have a, at least one pastor in the room, two pastors in the room, huh? uh, and whose churches are involved with uh, this type of ministry. Um, let's see, is there anybody else in the room who maybe you're just interested in finding out about foster care ministry, or you're, yeah? Services for uh, doing the foster care. Oh, good. Okay, so you're in the pipeline. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Anybody else come for a different reason? I just want to make sure I get. We're, we're, I'm here because we want our church to be able to do something. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we're not yeah. to a point where we think anybody in our church is able to be a foster parent. But right. We can do something. That's right. If yes. everybody does something. Yes, that's it. Yeah, we can all do something. We don't all have to foster, but we can all do something. So we'll talk about that today. So launching foster care ministry, we're going to go through heart. Um, H is the heavenly mandate to a human problem. E, we're going to talk about explore and engage the issue. And A is coming up with an action plan. R, recruit and resource. And T, track and train. We're going to kind of go through that today. So a heavenly mandate to a human problem. You know, America, we have 400,000 kids in the foster care system on any given day. In Ohio, there's 16,000 kids in our foster care system. But the problem is we only have 7,000 licensed foster homes. So you can see there is definitely a capacity problem, which leads to a stability problem because a lot of times they're just trying to place kids anywhere and it doesn't always work out because it's not a good fit. So we have a shortage, so a capacity problem, so it leads to a stability problem, which really leads to a quality problem. You know, the quality of care that we can give the kids. So we have a, a huge crisis right here in our own backyard. Uh, You may want to find out the stats for your area. Here's some really good websites that you can check out. I wanted to give you those that you can go to and find out like how many kids in your county 
are um, in the foster care system, how many are waiting to be adopted. It gives you some great uh, resources on, on those websites. So if you go, if you go to the, this website, you want to look up the fact book. I think it's called fact, oh, fact report or fact book. But you go, to, click on the fact facts, and then it will take you to that. So, and those are on your handout, so you should have that. But why should we care for orphans? Well, this is a big thing. We need to know why. And the number one why is God has adopted us into his family. You know, thank God I've been adopted into the family of God. And uh, he took me out of my ugliness. <laughs> Even though I was in ugliness, he chose to accept me, you know, as his daughter. Jesus gave us the greatest example of all. You know, he could have stayed in heaven, uh, you know, with his heavenly father. But no, he was willing to come to this mess of a world, right? The incarnation. He was willing to step into our mess so and our brokenness so that we wouldn't have to, have to be broken any longer. You know, so Jesus gave us the greatest, the greatest example of all. And I believe as a follower of Christ, when we accept Jesus into our hearts, we have the DNA of our Heavenly Father. We, we should have a heart like our Heavenly Father, right? And so we should not be afraid to go into brokenness, um, into the, those dark areas, but we should embrace it and say, okay. Like uh, Travis said this morning, just say yes, you know, yes, yes, Lord, I'll go to that, that, that person who's been persecuting the Christians. Yes, I'll go to that foster care, care child that's like totally broken and disruptive and <laughs> has a lot of issues, you know? Yes. So that's why. Oops. And then if we look at James 1.27, we're going to break this <coughs> verse down. I love this verse. Because this is a mandate from God. Religion, so when it talks about religion, it's not stale uh, religion, it's not dead religion, but it puts an action to our faith. It's an outward expression of what's inwardly true in our hearts. That's what religion is. So when people see us caring for the vulnerable, they see Jesus. That's, that's the religion that I want to be a part of. That God our Father, I love it. He didn't say that God accepts, but he says God our Father, Abba Daddy, that accepts. You know, like we said before, God our Father has accepted us. You know, he is our Heavenly Father. So, accepts as pure. Caring for the vulnerable is one of the purest and most undefiled demonstrations of the heart of God. You know, accepts as pure. And faultless, it's above reproach. You know, you can't find fault in caring for the vulnerable. To look after, that means you have to be with them to look after them. If you're going to look, look after somebody, you're not going to do it from a distance. You're going to be right there with them rubbing elbows with them right in the mess, right? Orphans and widows. This represents the most vulnerable people that was in society in James's time. James, this is the book it was from. 
So this is the most vulnerable of the people then. And orphans today are still one of the most vulnerable people. A lot of times they don't have a voice. <laughs> you know, they need us in their distress. What is needed and what are your assets? Their need becomes our mission. So that's breaking down the why. And to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. You know, while we do this work, we got to make sure that we're getting refueled in the Lord and we're spending time in his presence and we're in the word of God getting filled up because you know what? The enemy wants to take people out that are doing this because he doesn't want to see people restored and made whole. So we got to make sure that we are keeping ourselves. So when I talk about Father's heart, a lot of people say, oh, well, I'm not ready to be a foster parent, or oh, it's all about foster care. It's not all about foster care. So let me tell you this story. There were these three friends walking by this river, and all of a sudden they look and they see all these kids going down the stream in the river, and they're like, oh my goodness, we gotta get these kids. So one of the friends goes and just starts lifting kids out of the river rescuing them and the other friend says wait a minute I'm gonna go upstream and stop them before they get into the river and the other friend says I'm gonna go downstream and I'm gonna pull them out before they hit the waterfall because they're gonna hit the waterfall so that's what father's heart is it's between these lines here it's working with biological families who are at risk and I'm so glad uh, Phil's here today Phil works with safe families and really, you're right here working with biological families who oftentimes don't have a support system to, to help them. And what he does is he goes to churches and says, hey, you can be a safe family. You can be a safe family for these kids to prevent them from going into foster care. Say, a single mom has nobody to watch her kids while she has to go into the hospital to have another baby or to have a surgery. And so safe families would say, hey, we've got a family trained, equipped, and ready to take your child for you for that brief amount of time. So it's, that's one way you can minister to biological families without them going into the foster care system. You know, sometimes families just need a little extra support to wrap around them so that they can keep their family together. And that's what God wants. He wants families to be together. You know, then there's uh, foster homes. You know, sure, we want to raise up foster parents. We know, we just saw the numbers. There's a huge need for foster families. And you know, when you foster, it's really a temporary thing. You don't really, you shouldn't go into it thinking, oh, I'm gonna adopt these kids. It's, you know, because when you say, oh, I want to adopt this child, you're actually saying, well, I'm hoping their family falls apart or I hope their family doesn't get restored. So when you foster, you really have to have an unselfish heart, which is hard, it's hard, but you really have to understand that the best scenario for a child is to be with his biological family, if at all possible. I mean, sometimes it's not safe and it's not gonna work out, and then we do need families that will adopt. But you know what, the, the goal of fostering is just a, a temporary place for those kids to go while their family can be restored. And 
just a cool story, the Seidlers, I don't know, uh, we have a picture, but they adopted their little boy out of the foster care system. And uh, then they get a phone call saying, oh, mom had another baby, would you, <laughs> would you take the baby? And they took the baby, you know. So here they have, um, they have these little ones, four little ones, and they find out, and they've had a very good relationship with the biological family. Even though they fostered their children and then they ended up adopting the kids, they had a very good relationship with the biological family. Well, the biological family had a crisis. Uh, their 19-year-old uh, nephew died. And um, so Ashley reached out to the family and was like, hey, we're praying for you if there's anything we can do. And the one aunt responded and said, and that was the mother of the 19-year-old, says, I need God. <laughs> so Ashley was like, I can help you with that, you know. <laughs> and so she ministered to her. Uh, she invited her to church. Well, that Sunday, like, not only did she, she come, but she brought the whole family. They came to church that Sunday, was at the altar, just, you know, repenting, asking God to come into their heart and their life. Uh, the next Sunday, they brought more of their family. They ended up getting baptized. They've been in the church ever since. You know, that's just how, you know, God can use uh, foster families, the church, to minister to biological families. So adoption. Then there's transitional living. And these are kids that are aging out of the foster care system. And you saw the statistics earlier about the number of kids that go into um, prison or homelessness, being sex trafficked, it's huge, kids coming out of the foster care system. So we want to wrap them with support. And um, so thankful for Pastor Jim here at Rush Church. They're doing that. Their church decided, hey, we're going to focus in on kids aging out of the foster care system. They had a great contact. A girl, a lady in their church worked at a group home, and she started bringing the young ladies to church. And um, I believe one of those ladies is actually getting adopted by one of the families, is it? One, and then we have another that looks like it's happening too. Wow, so here you have families in your church that are surrounding these young ladies, mentoring them, bringing them into their homes, ministering to them, and then now they're saying, we need to adopt these young ladies. Even though they're teenagers, like my son, 17, they still need a family. You know, they still need a family. I know my kids, when they got to be college age, oh boy, they needed us more than ever, <laughs> you know? Yeah, to navigate that. So it's just so awesome how we can do that. Oh, I keep going the wrong way. I keep pushing the wrong button. So here I have this next steps chart. There's different levels of um, involvement that a church can choose to do. But like I said, there's prevention. Uh, there's foster care and adoption, and there's transitioning out. And I'd say level one is basically helping with material needs. So you have, um, you help biological family with tangible needs. They might need beds for their kids in order to keep their kids. They might need car seats. Your, your church just says, hey, we can do that. There's a ministry called Care Portal that some churches are involved in that uh, is a great tool if you want to Google that. Care Portal is something you may want to look up. But uh, I have one church that says, hey, we're going to open a clothing closet, you know, for foster families. We provide diapers. They have car seats. They have, you know, all different kinds of clothes, all different ages 
for fam foster families. Then, uh, same with uh, biological families, foster families, the same thing. You help with, uh, with tangible needs and transitioning youth out. You help with tangible, tangible things. You may say, hey, we can give you cleaning products. You're going to be on your own. You're going to need, need things to clean your apartment with. A car, you know, hey, we can give you a car. So then the next level is walking, and these are more support. Uh, it's just providing support. So you help biological family with supportive service, like maybe budgeting, if that's an issue, or maybe uh, just parenting skills, having a mentor that will help mentor a single mom. Um, so those are more uh, support services. Foster families and adoptive families, you might have somebody that say, hey, I can bring you meals when you, when you get a new child into your home, or hey, I can babysit for you. I'd love to babysit for you and give you a night out, you know? Or hey, I can help run your kids do appointments, because how many of you know foster kids have a lot of appointments a lot of times? <laughs> you know, they have counseling, they have their home visits, they have, I mean, uh, visits with their biological families, they just have a lot of things, medical appointments. Um, and then kids transitioning out, and that's helping kids um, with, you know, with supportive services as well. It could be like, hey, I could help you uh, learn how to drive. You know, I could help you, uh, I could kind of wrap around you with mentoring, kind of like Pastor Jim's church is doing. Okay. And then run. Um, this is a little bit more intensive. And it usually requires more training um, and maybe even licensing. So, uh, you know, uh, running is just providing families with that support. Um, fostering adoption, you're recruiting foster families. You know, intentionally recruiting foster families. I know Josh's church is doing that. That's part of their Ohio for Jesus 10-year plan is to raise up foster families because... Um, your goal, isn't it, to have a foster home, a family, for every single child that out of the foster care system, yep. which is awesome, <laughs> awesome. So not only are they planning on planning churches, but with every church plant, they plan on raising up foster families because they're going to wipe out the foster care system, and I can't wait. <laughs> so... Um, so it's raising up foster families and then adoptive families and also in this is respite families because in order to do like respite care, like overnight things, you have to um, get licensed as well. And then um, just creating additional support for uh, kids aging out. And I want to say, we're going to talk about this, but if you, if you have foster families in your church, not only are you raising up foster families, but you want to raise up the support around those foster families so that it, it's sustainable and doable. Because they say that 40 to 60% of foster families will drop out within the first year if they don't have a support system around them. And I know uh, my husband and I never ever could have uh, done what we did without the support system that we had. I mean, we never would have been able to do it without people who said, hey, I'll do respite for you. Hey, I'll babysit for you. Hey, you're having a hard time this week. Let me bring you a meal. You know, that was a lifesaver <laughs> for us because we were pastoring, working full time, crazy busy. 
So this is kind of the father's heart. This is the father's heart model where you see uh, in the middle here, you have the biological family at risk. You have the foster family, the adoptive family. And then also, I didn't have room to put it in here, but you have kids aging out of the system. So what you want to do, if you choose to do the run level or even the walk level, this is a great model to use. And let me just say this today. This is like a really quick overview of launching foster care ministry. Because I'm, I'm going to say if you're going to do a level, level, a walk level or a run level, you probably need a more, um, it would be helpful to have some more training. And so like Father's Heart, we do like a, a four-hour training. You know, we can come and do a four-hour training with your foster care team or your pastoral team. Um, to tell you to explain a little bit more so we're covering the surface today but you have this biological the families at risk you have the people at risk then it's good if you have a family advocate if you have um, at least one family advocate for every two families is ideal so the family advocate is a person who says hey I'm gonna contact that family on a weekly basis just to see how they're doing, you know, just to check on them, see how they're doing, if there's any way we can help. The thing is, most foster families I talk to, most foster parents, are the type of people that are givers, and they're not going to cry out for help. They're not going to say, you know, I need some help, I'm stressed out, I'm not, you know, they're just not, because they don't want to impose on other people, <laughs> usually, you know, and so... But if you have a family advocate, somebody who's calling them up saying, hey, you know, how's it going? How's Susie doing? How's she adjusting to school? You know, are there anything that you need, you know? And sometimes they'll say, no, no, we're fine. But if you're, if you're in a relationship with them, and sometimes you can just pick up on stuff like, you know what? I see you're going to have a stressful day because you have work, and then you have to go to visitation, and then you have this and that. Why don't I get a meal set up for you that day why don't I ask somebody to bring you a meal that day that's what the family advocate does they connect the fan connect outside resources to that family so they'll the meal team you know the the child care team if they need babysitting instead of that foster parent saying oh my goodness that's one more thing I have to deal with I have to call this person this person this you're trying to find a babysitter that family advocate can do that for them and just say hey you know don't worry about that I got that for you I'm gonna take care of babysitting you know get that taken care of and then you have the prayer team I couldn't have done it without my prayer team oh my goodness I was calling them up oh dear God you gotta pray for me because I'm gonna lose it you know <laughs> prayer teams are important and then, um, oh, speaking of prayer teams, the bookmarkers you have here, these are all kids who are waiting to be adopted in Ohio. So if you would pray for them. And then special projects. You might have a special project people that will do special things like, uh, hey, you know, it's Christmas time. Let's make sure all of our families who are fostering, let's take care of Christmas for their kids, you know? And I wanna say, 
it's important like not just to do the foster kids but do the biological kids as well like all the kids in the family I had six kids three you know foster and unadoptive and three biological and you know it's hard like if just the foster kids get stuck you know what I mean and the biological kids they um, they're in it too <laughs> you know it's a family thing so do it for the whole family so, you know, just doing special things. You might do, your church might do a diaper drive and collect diapers. You could do um, something that is not dealing with these, but it indirectly does, is caseworkers. You, your church could care for caseworkers. Uh, they have such a heavy load, and they are so stressed out. And a lot of them, I have one church here in Ohio that, they found out that the caseworkers were uh, spending their own money taking kids to McDonald's or to Dairy Queen or whatever. And so they were like, hey, our church is going to supply them with gift cards to like these places that they can take kids to. So they came up, I can't remember, they had a ton of gift cards that they collected and they were able to go to the agency and just said, we want to bless your caseworkers, you know, and give them to the caseworkers. Um, so you can do things like that, because uh, caseworkers, there's such a high turnover rate. It is just a stressful job. And when they turn over, it affects the kids as well. You know, it's hard for a kid to have several caseworkers. And believe me, some of you guys can talk to some of this stuff. I'm not the sole expert here. I see a lot of you who have had experience. But it's hard when um, kids lose a caseworker and get another one. You know, it's just difficult on them. So if we can keep those caseworkers, that's a good thing. So, so you have your family advocate. Then you have your, you have your foster care ministry leader who kind of oversees the whole big picture. Okay, they kind of oversee everything. Then you develop teams. You can, and this could be, this doesn't have to be these teams. It could be ministries you already have started in your church things you already have going on, you're just plugging those into the need that's there, the ministries that are already in the church. So, you know, you have your, your special needs. Now, if a child, if this area, if they're going to provide babysitting or, you know, be mentors for the kids or tutors for the kids, they're going to have contact with the kids, then um, these volunteers are like a, a level two volunteer, I would say, or a level three volunteer. And those are, you're gonna have to um, train them um, and you're gonna have to um, like have them fingerprinted and stuff just to cover yourselves, you know? Um, so, you know, it's really good if, if kids are, if, if the volunteers are gonna have direct contact with the kids, I would highly suggest they get some kind of trauma training, like kids who have been through trauma, like our next two classes, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you have training in that, that is very helpful um, to deal with. So does anybody have any questions about that? How do they work with you? How do the different churches work with your book? Work with my Well, what I do is I just do this. I train churches and equip them because Father's heart, uh, like me, I don't do the ministry. I equip churches to do the ministry. So, so yeah, I you give the training. Yeah, or or one of my reps could probably give the training, and then uh, you know I have resources. If you say, hey, you know, I need this resource, then I'll try to get your resource. You know. So, all right, I'm going the wrong way again. 
So the action plan, the A. So, oh, you know what? Yeah, let me see. So this was explore and engage. That was the E. Okay, so now we're on the A, action plan. So there's five steps to the action plan. One is a ministry plan. You have to have a plan. Uh, two is have an awareness events, like a stand Sunday. We'll talk more about that. Three is have an interest meeting. Four, team development. And five, you'll launch the ministry. So action plan. Oh, I got to hurry here. Okay, action plan. Uh, so you want to have vision. <laughs> you got to have a vision for your ministry. And let me say something before we even start here is it's very important that you have your pastor's endorsement behind this. You know, I tell you what, if your pastor endorses this, it will make a world of difference. You need to have your pastor's endorsement. And um, when a because I've seen like when churches have a pastor that really gets behind this and endorses it, people get right on board. You know, if you have a pastor that's like, oh yeah, you know, um, or no, we're not going to do that right now. It's it's very difficult to get it off the ground. You know, so it's really important to have your pastor's endorsement. Okay, and then you really need someone that. Um, the pastor cannot lead this. <laughs> I'll just tell you right now, the pastor cannot be the one to lead this. Pastors are too busy. They have too much on their plate. It's never going to happen. So you really need a ministry leader, somebody that the pastor agrees that, hey, this person, you're the one for the job, a ministry leader. So in vision, you not, need to know why you're doing it, which we already covered, right? We know the why. Uh, what to do, what do you do, um, what do you want to see happen? So you want to know what are you going to see happen. So what I suggest is on that next steps thing we gave you, that you saw, and there's more over there, I say just pick one square to start with. If you try to do everything, it's too overwhelming. It's not going to, you know, it's going to be too much. But if you start with one square, you know, the pastor, the leader says, we can do this one thing and do it well. Start there. And you can add on. But start with the one that, that you say, hey, like Robin, our church, we don't have any families that are equipped to foster right now. But there's something we can do, right? Everyone can do something. So just pick a square that, hey, my church can do that. Okay? And then how are you going to do it? So we're going to go through. How are we going to do How are we going to do that? So how are you going to do that? You want to set some goals. You know, um, and you want your vision to be clear. You want to make sure it's clear. But examples are, okay, we're going to, um, this year, we want to support foster families. We want to bring awareness and support foster families. So you may say, this year, we want to have a respite night once a month. That's how we're going to support foster families. We're going to start by doing a respite care night once a month for these families. And to bring awareness, we're going to have a stand Sunday. So those are the two things that our church is going to do and do well this year. You know, that's an example. So come up with your vision, and then how are you going to do it? What are you going to do? Another thing is um, maybe uh, our vision is to have more than enough homes for kids in our community. Well, 
How are we going to do that? This year, we're going to raise up one foster family, and we're going to raise up a support system to surround that family. Start there, you know? So there's steps. So you just say, that's how we're going to do it. You raise up. So you decide what you're going to do, how you're going to do it, and you can put like a timeline to that. And I'm saying, I'm, I'm having to whiz through this, so I'm not able to spend a lot of time. But if you have questions and stuff, we can, we can definitely, I'll go over that at the end. Okay, an awareness event is the next step. And this is like having a stand Sunday or having a Sunday where you emphasize this. Um, stand Sunday is November, the second Sunday in November, but you can do it any Sunday of the year, really. Um, and CAFO, C-A-F-O um, dot org, there's all kinds of resources and materials for Stand Sunday if you want to have a Stand Sunday. So here's some months. Like if you say, oh, we want to start in April. Well, just so you know, April is um, Abuse aware Awareness Month. So hey, you know, that's a great month to launch something. Uh, May, Foster Care Month, November. So, and even, you know, if you want to start Foster Care Ministry, it's important to just keep bringing it up, you know, throughout the year. Not just to have one Sunday. You want to have one maybe Sunday where you really focus it and you have an, uh, a, a Sunday like that, but then, you know what, it's important to keep emphasizing this is the heart of God during the year, right? You could preach on it, you could have things like that. When you have your, your, when you have your awareness event, when you have the big net, big Sunday or whatever it is, it's like you're casting out this big net, okay? And you're gonna catch some fish, but you're not gonna catch all the fish, right? So what you want to do, so you don't lose it, because it's not going to be effective if you don't have any kind of follow-up. You know, if you just throw out this big net, and then you have people whose hearts are like, yes, this is me, I want to do this, but you don't have any follow-up, it's going to be totally ineffective. So what I have found is like if I have a stand Sunday, have this big net I throw out, then afterwards I'll have sign-up sheets. If you are interested in being involved in any way in foster in the foster care ministry in the orphan care ministry sign up and uh, we're going to have another um, interest meeting and we'll talk about more you know and you can say you don't have to be a foster parent it's for everybody so then you have your um <laughs> so oh, let me show you these these are some ideas for stand sunday real quick uh this was a great idea this church they had pictures, it's hard to see here, but they had pictures of all the kids in their co county that uh, were waiting to be adopted. It was in Cleveland. So it was all the kids in Cleveland that were waiting to be adopted. And during their prayer time in the service, they had everybody go and lay their hands on the pictures and pray for those kids. Oh, talk about tearjerker, yeah. you know? <laughs> that, will, that will get your heart. And uh, this church, they had pairs of shoes on the altar for every kid in the foster care system. So they had uh, pairs of shoes that represented kids in the foster care system. And then they prayed over the shoes um, that Sunday. And then this church, they collected, um, they collected bags of items for kids going into foster care, um, overnight items and stuff. And so this was so cool. 
So their church collected these bags, and when they took them to their local foster care agency and said, hey, we collected these things, their agency said, nobody has ever done this before. And they just, they were like just blown away. And now this church has such a good relationship with that agency that this church is continuing to provide uh, <coughs> items that that agency needs. So it's just a great thing. You know, you can have people from the community come in that are resources and people who work with, with foster care and adoption, bring them in, have them set up their table, because maybe somebody in your church will want more information about being a foster um, parent. Okay, we got a really pretty here. So interest meeting. So at your interest meeting, this is the meeting where you have people who signed up. Now you're inviting them to a meeting for further information. And at this meeting, you want to share stories. You want to introduce the leadership, like the pastor, you know, introduce the leader of this ministry. That's where you want to cast vision and say, this is the vision we have for this. And then you want to define the next steps. So from here, this is what we're going to do. So from here, we're going to start doing a respite night, and I need people who are willing to work the respite night. I need people who are willing to uh, per put promotional materials together to send it out to agencies and foster families. I need, you know, so there's all kinds of things people can do. So that's the interest meeting. And then we have develop a team. So uh, you want to develop your team. If you, if you decide you want to raise up foster families, then you have to have your families start attending the licensing classes. You know, if you're going to have a family advocate, if you're going to do that structure, you need to um, start training your family advocate. Uh, we have a training for them. We have job descriptions. I gave you jo job descriptions for all of these at your table. Volunteers, you want to get your volunteers trained. Level one volunteer is a volunteer who has no contact with the kids. Like yesterday, we learned about uh, a lady in the church that says, I can't stand kids. I don't even I don't want to be around kids, but I want to do something. So you know what she does? She there's this foster family in their church that has like 15 kids, and every week she goes to their house, she changes the bedding for them, washes the bedding, the sheets and stuff, and puts it back on the bed. Great idea. Great help. Could you imagine that mom's probably saying thank you, Jesus, you know? So um so you know that's a level one volunteer, a level two volunteer is somebody who has contact with the kids and so they're gonna have to have more training and then a level three volunteer. So, uh, let's see, then you wanna recruit and resource, and I gotta wrap it up. Okay, so you have uh, to recruit and resources, the R, and on this, um, you just wanna constantly be recruiting more families and resourcing your team. And then track and train. You wanna track your results. Um, I will, I'm, I'm in the process of putting together a tracking system for churches. So say, how many foster families do you have? How many foster children is your church ministering to? It could be um, not through foster care or with foster care, but maybe you're involved in mentoring a foster child. But how many kids are you affecting in the foster care system that you know of? And then things that you want to track are, how many family advocates do you have? Um, you know. Uh, just things like that. So we want to track those things so that we can see progress and we can see where we're at in Ohio with our churches. And uh, 
everyone can do something. So, all right, I think I'm going to have to stop here because we're getting ready for the next class. But thank you guys.